Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, your kitchens, your baths, your tile, everything you can think of. You name it, we chat about it. And now on with the show. Well, today is June 9th, and as I say every week, I catalog these podcasts by the date. So it would be easy to reference back or to share with your friends. Well, today we have a special guest. Well, Jay Shenham is a kitchen designer. So what's so special? Well, he's got a really interesting background. Hey, Jay, thank you for stopping by and chatting with me. Hey, thanks, Nancy. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime. I want you to just give us a little uh, background. All right. So I'm a recent transplant. It's uh, it's early 2021. I I uh, relocated from the Hilton Head, South Carolina area, which is down near the border of South Carolina and Georgia near Savannah. So the the interesting thing about about um, Hilton Head is that it's it's a very popular second home destination for people from the northeast and the midwest i i really kind of liken it to the north scottsdale of the east coast lots of folks get out and want to get out of the cold in the winter and they want a place where they don't have to shovel snow so my most recent experiences and opinions are based on the preferences of that clientele well probably if you're saying it's likened to scottsdale Pretty much, you've got the same feelings in Hilton Head and Scottsdale. More of a, uh, I want to say, a transitional slash maybe contemporary. Um, um, let's let's um, create the client who is in Hilton Head and Scottsdale. They're always in shorts and flip flops. <laughs> yeah. Right. And on a, on a bicycle in a resort destination. Or they're running on some sort of bridal path. And they do like a nice house. And sometimes, especially now, money is no object, at least for a lot of our clients, correct? I would say that's, that's very, very accurate. Now, I think uh, in our conversation, you said that Hilton Head people typically lean towards transitional more, more than contemporary. Yeah, they tend to be more transitional um, because they're bringing their their traditional mindset down from the Northeast and mm-hmm. um, and kind of from the Midwest. So it it's very much a transitional. They they're trying to be more contemporary, but not many are bold enough to go um, with contemporary a contemporary overall feel. Okay. And I'm seeing a lot of contemporary in Scottsdale. So there's a difference there. But on the whole, they're basically the same kind of people, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, nothing's changed. Uh, I want to first talk about my sponsor, Thermador. Thermador offers two collections for you to choose from, and everybody is remodeling their kitchen. Matter of fact, the backlog is tremendous. But if you uh, go into Thermador.com, you'll find out that they have two collections, a masterpiece collection, which is more of a modern design, while the professional collection is a a design where you can experience restaurant-style quality. So Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design, and led by innovation. So whether you are transitional or contemporary, go into Thermador.com and check out those appliances if you're remodeling your kitchen. Thermador is a great brand. 
It is. So what I want to talk about today are the trends that uh, for 2021 that some designers say will take over. And I don't agree with a lot of them, and I don't think you will either. Uh, for some reason, people will write articles about whether these things are in or out. You should stay away from this. You should put your color on the wall because this is what everybody's using. And what I've said over the years, and I've been doing this for many years, is don't forget it's your house. You pick what you like. You know, if purple is in and you look terrible with purple, don't paint your walls purple. Don't even bring it into your house. You want a color that's going to make your skin and you look happy and young and beautiful, right? Right, right. <laughs> that's that's the premise there. So we're going to start with colored stone. I'm going to go um, item by item with this article that we <laughs> probably don't agree with. But this person is saying that Colored countertops are in, stone-wise. When was the last time you saw a colored stone countertop? Oh, well, gosh. Um, color, colors are, color is all about the reflection of light. So, so whether it's white or whether it's gray or whether it's, whether it's uba-tuba, it's all a color. Um, I guess maybe I don't understand the question. I guess they're talking about stone like concrete countertops. Oh. Now, concrete countertops, right. uh, I don't see a lot of, and they're saying colored stone. I did do a concrete colored countertop 20 years ago. It's beautiful, but I've got to say that's not the norm. Um, otherwise, if you're doing a Flintstone kitchen, maybe. You, know, you, can, <laughs> right. you can do concrete. But this article also said that white, gray, and pink are going to pop on countertops. What do you think of pink and gray and white? Well, okay. So for starters, the article that you sent me that I read, um, that article was published in December of 2020. Mm -hmm. Probably. The beginning of 2021. So that's why I picked it. Yeah. So. So that was probably written in the early part of 2020. You think? Who, who yeah, because, because the, whole, the whole publishing industry is a lag. So the, the person writes it, they, they pitch it, it gets decided on, then it gets scheduled. So it, it can be months before it ever gets published. So that may have been written in the middle of the year, early part of the year. Who, who knows when it was written? Um, so, um, so to, the answer to the question, um, you know, pink and gray, pink is, is a color that, um, when you say pink, I think Pepto-Bismol. Um, so oversaturation of pink is too much, but if there, if there are slight hues of it, I think that it can be very complimentary with cherry cabinets or, or some sort of red stain. But, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I, that I like to say is it, it's kind of like ladies fashion when, when people overdo leopard print, it gets too much too fast. So they say a little leopard goes a long way. I think a little pink can go a long way. Okay, so I agree with you on that. I do like to see pink as an accessory, maybe in some bedrooms or in a powder room. 
uh, I'm not so sure about a kitchen. The pink in the kitchen reminds me of the 50s. Remember when they had, <laughs> they had, they had the pool skirts and the pink kitchens. I'm not a fan. Uh, okay. You know, again, if you want to put pink in your kitchen, go for it. But I think if you do that, no, put a pink uh, cookie jar on your countertop because it's not going to last. That's not going to be a popular color. But that's just my thinking. Right. My opinion. What is it worth? Another, you know, now that you said that probably they wrote it in the mid 2020s, what they're saying after they publish it is, oh, these are the trends that are going to take over in 2021. They don't have a crystal ball. So right. the people who are reading this article are taking it for what it's worth. Oh, timeless, all white kitchens. Well, we've been saying for how long that kitchens that are white will always be in style, right? Right. But remember the year when white, a white kitchen, white countertop, white flooring, white appliances, that was the end all and be all. And then people realized that, first of all, it's too antiseptic and it shows every little particle of dirt and it's boring. So then they decided in this, I think it was the 70s, no, the 80s. Well, let's put a pink, pink. I'm sorry, let's put a black countertop on the white cabinets and let's make the floor black and white checkerboard. Remember those days? Sure, of course. So you could play checkers on the floor. But that was way too much contrast. So take your white kitchen and add a little color. Maybe that's a good place for a pink dish towel and some pink cushions on your stools. But use the white. It'll always be in. Just change it when you're in the mood to add a different color. Do you agree? I do agree with that. I agree with that, too. Uh, this other thing they talked about is making a statement of your backsplash. Now, let's talk about the white kitchen. Do you really want to have that white kitchen with a black backsplash? What do you think? Not for me. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's... I. You know, contrast is good, but I think I think black on white is too much. And also, I I saw a picture of big flowers on the backsplash. Um, too, I want to say faddish, too disgusting. Um, right. Keep those flowers in the 60s. I don't, you know what I just read, talking about women's fashions, that the flower dresses are totally out. Last year, that was the end thing. You know, they were bringing back all of these flower prints for sundresses and day dresses, whatever you want to call it. I didn't know anybody was paying attention to fashion in 2020. Well, you know why? Because they were saying you're stuck in the house, get some new clothes, you know, get online, order them. And then when you do your Zoom calls, you'll look pretty fashionable. <laughs> I'm not kidding. When actually in reality... The sweatpants and the pajamas were the in thing for 2020, right? Right. <laughs> um, but stay away from the fads for your backsplash. I've seen wood. I've seen everything, glass. Um, the little tiles around for anybody who's uh, thinking of adding color on their backsplash. Those little glass mosaics, not so popular anymore. Right. I agree with that. Are you seeing large format tiles? Yeah, it, a lot of people are are getting back to uh, large subway tiles. I, mm -hmm. I see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the small subway tiles, try to stay away from that, even though I think subway tiles are here until uh, the end of the world. Right. right. As, <laughs> as are white kitchens. 
Right, right. And uh, I've used white subway tiles. Matter of fact, I've used the beveled subway tile. Yeah, I especially like those. Yeah, those are cool. Um, whatever the size. And I didn't do it in brick. Uh, I didn't do it in stacked. I did it in brick laid. Stacked is where everything lines up and it's a little more contemporary. But I did it with a white countertop and dark cabinets, and that really popped. So, you know, and here again, I'm going to say what I say all the time. If you're not sure about these combinations or what you need to do, get a professional. Because you can save a lot of money by asking them what they would recommend. Hopefully, they are like Jay and I. They're very uh, kind of not going into the fats, not suggesting way out stuff. We typically will design in a timeless fashion. Right. So once we do it, we don't want to look back a year later and go, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. That's out now. You always want to. You know, you know I, see, I see geometric designs and, and herringbone, which is really popular, and, and, and I think those look great. I'm just not sure how long they're going to last. The good thing about Backsplash is that you can take it down, repair the drywall, and put something else up in a, in a few years if you want. I agree, and that's a good point. Do you remember last year? Was it last year when they were pushing the cement tiles? Yes. Were, yeah, and I said, as soon as I saw it, I said, boy, that's not going to be here for a long time. They were pushing it on flooring. To me, that's way too busy. I'd rather see a plain floor and go with the crazy area rug. Look at all the money you save if you just listen to us. <laughs> right. Yes, and I agree with you on the herringbone. Pretty, but it's it's going to be dated. If you want something that's not going to date your kitchen, you're going to spend a lot of money on it. Why go for something that people can walk in and go, oh, yeah, you did that in 2021. Yeah, I remember those days. Um, the other thing is when you're going to remodel a kitchen, make sure you don't do it so that it looks the same as it did before you remodeled. I've had those problems, too, where I go, do you really want people to walk in after you've spent all this money and look at your kitchen and go, did you do anything here? And that's kind of uh, hurts your feelings. But why bother doing a remodel? Because I've had people say, I just want it the same as it is, but I need new cabinets. Well, do something a little bit different. Put your personality into it. Right. Right? Do you agree? I do. This article also said that you can decorate your house or your kitchen with houseplants. Has that idea been around since Moses? Uh, pretty much forever, I believe. So you're right. They wrote this in the middle of 2020, and they couldn't think of anything else to suggest. Here's another one. A short stack of books. Well, definitely don't start cluttering your counter with a bunch of books or what about floating shelves? You think they're here to stay? You know, floating shelves, floating shelves are really nice. Uh, they, they make a good, um, they make a good filler for when you, when you can't have symmetry in your cabinetry. Um, they, you can, you can put, shelving up and and it gives you a place to to put stuff that collects dust exactly <laughs> so you don't want to put your dishes and glasses there all right 
Um, shelving is good when you have, you, you want to do a kitchen remodel and you look at that kitchen and say, what were they thinking when they put this 12 inch cabinet on this wall to one side of the sink? Right. I'm sorry. Exactly. One side of the window. And you think, take the cabinet down, put some open shelves there, put some color on it. But I don't agree with the idea of using open shelves like 36 wide, a whole wall of them. Again, they're dust collectors. Right. Especially in, in Arizona. I did read another article where they said, oh, open shelves is a big mistake. You know, I mean, think about it before you do it. Talk to the professional. Know well, that. you know, and and if an article says it's a big mistake, that probably comes from the perspective of the writer. Um, well, all of them come from the perspective of the is, writer. Is the writer actually a designer? Are are they are designers good writers? It's you kind of kind of kind of take it for what it's worth. Right. Well. I think most articles are written by non-designers. They talk probably, to a couple of designers. So. so here you're getting uh, the feedback from two or three or four designers. And usually they, well, they agree. <laughs> what are they going to say? Oh, no, that designer's wrong. So they're all going to agree. But you have to take the article and then take a little bit from it. What fits your lifestyle? What fits your budget um, is it functional for you you know that's mainly you know and and again about shelving do you have something you want to display do you have curios do you have vases do you have you know what do you what do you want to put on those shelves so and keep them empty not cluttered right you know you said uh, curios in a kitchen it would be cute if you had a collection of teapots but if you have 10 teapots show three put the others away don't overdo. Don't clutter. Right? Or put them behind glass. Or give them to your kids. Or give them to your kids. Get right. rid of them. Right. Um, okay. Well, I want to thank Monogram for also being one of our sponsors. And it's funny, Monogram has two collections as well. They have the simple elegance of the minimalist collection in that streamlining, even the most contemporary kitchen. And then they have the statement collection, which is a modern design together with a traditional look. So it's, again, restaurant-inspired, features that invite you to take on any cooking aspiration while the smart appliance effortlessly syncs your kitchen with your life. Both Thermador and Monogram have um, smart appliances. And for that, you'd have to go into monogram.com and check, because I've done... I just did a podcast two weeks ago about your smart house. So don't get all bent out of shape if you don't have uh, smart appliances. There's the pros and cons to that. And I would suggest you go back and listen to the podcast, uh, Is Your House Smarter Than You? But You know, I just listened to that one, Nancy, and it, it was very informative. The, the, the expert that you had... Um, knew a lot about smart appliances and and he was he there were some pros and cons that he had opinions of and and I thought it was very insightful. Well, thank you. I will tell him. He actually is uh, the producer of my podcasts and he's my IT guy for uh, my websites, but also 
as you heard on the podcast, he has every one of those things. He's a nerd. Right. So, you know, who better to talk to than a person who has all that stuff? Don't go to the salesman at the store. Go talk to somebody who actually is experiencing these things. Let's yeah, talk go ahead. Go, no, no, after no, you. No, you first. I was going to say, I'm, I, I don't know anybody personally who has a refrigerator with a camera in it. Um, that's kind of one of the things that maybe is, is down the road, but, um, not all gimmicks are, are worth the price in my opinion for now. Right. And when I went to, um, did I go to the kitchen and bath show? Yes. And I, uh, yes. And I saw the refrigerator with the cameras. Well, then shortly after that, I had a client who said, I don't care what goes in my kitchen, but I want the cameras in my refrigerator. And I said, why? Well, the thing that they're pushing is, well, you can be at the supermarket and you can't remember if you need butter. So you just get an app on your phone. And there again, you can have just so many apps. But I said, you know, it might force you to be a little more organized before you go to the supermarket. Look in your refrigerator, make a list. How hard is that? (laughs) You know, let's be practical. There are certain things, certain um, technology is good, but there are certain things out there that are totally useless, and some of them are good. Uh, Do you remember the year that they had the computer screen on the front of the refrigerator? And this had to be eight years ago, maybe, nine, ten years ago, and it was an LG. And I walked over to the booth at the Kitchen and Bath show, and I thought, okay, so... You're trying to work in the kitchen, but your kid is on the computer, and you can't open the refrigerator door. What good is this? And I just happened to see the people who were the big, I want to say their owners. They could have been just the vice president of LG. And I said, I think it's a stupid idea. And guess what? They took it away. They saw that it wasn't popular. And I will make a note um, and say that the couple of uh, podcasts ago, I was talking to an appliance person, and he said that Thermador actually did a survey, and not that many people are going for smart appliances. They're more into the function, the usability, how to use that um, that speed oven or that um, 48-inch range with convection. So concentrate on the function. Don't buy something just because your friend has it and you'll never use it. Right. That's the takeaway on that. Well, what is your feeling about mixed materials? Well, when people talk mixed materials, there there are a couple of different ways to do that. Um, Some of the appliances have... A, um, a stainless front and like a brass knob or a brass handrail. And that's that can be really pretty. Um, I see a lot of uh, a lot of appliance uh, like faucets, for example. They've got a black faucet with a bronze with bronze trim, bronze handles. I think that can be that can be too much. I'm I'm in the less is more camp. Mm-hmm. So so if it's brushed nickel or or 
some sort of satin. I'm I'm okay with keeping it all consistent. Well, I think with the mixed metals on the faucet, that is screaming fad. Okay, so it's not timeless as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you. I think when you want to mix metals, you can do that with your hardware on your cabinets or maybe a light fixture, possibly. And then don't go nuts. It's like wearing jewelry, some gold, some bronze, some silver, some black, some colored. You know, again, um, too much, um, if it's overdone, it's way too busy. So like you said, less is more is um, what I go for, too. So um, don't overdo. I guess that's the big thing. Don't overdo. Right. Um, who was it? Was it Coco Chanel who said, uh, before you leave the house, look in the mirror and take out, take off some of your jewelry? Because typically you overdo. I'm sure you don't, Jay, but... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm definitely the less is more camp on that one. Well, yeah, me too. And I'm noticing, and of course they change uh, women's fashions and jewelry constantly. And so God forbid you wear something from last year as far as jewelry goes. You know, everybody, everybody's wearing maybe the big gawky necklaces and you come in with one single strand of pearls, you know, they're going to look at you and go, oh, you didn't read the article. Hey, let's talk about, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say it's very much like men's neckties. Um, men's neckties are very trendy, yeah. and and there are people if you if you're not wearing the latest the latest uh, design pattern in the the department store, you're not with it. Whereas a a very traditional combination blue, red, white striped diagonal tie is very timeless. It's oh. never going away. Exactly. Well, now that you've transplanted to Arizona, when was the last time you saw somebody wear a tie? I haven't seen anybody wear a tie in a very long time. Right. We especially don't have since, no, especially since I since I moved to uh, Hilton Head. When I was in Charlotte, that, that was a banking community. There were there were a lot of ties, a lot of professionals, a lot of accountants, bankers, lawyers. Yeah. But uh, moving to Hilton Head. Everybody's in resort mode. Right. I used to work in New York City. That is the ultimate. You know, you've got to have the three-piece suit and the tie and the white shirt and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, coming to Arizona, it was uh, very eye-opening, and it made sense. And occasionally you'll see somebody here with a tie, well, because they're working in their air-conditioned office, and they probably don't leave that till 5 o'clock, and then the tie comes off. But nobody wears a tie here. Right. Hey, you want to talk about black kitchens? Ugh. Yeah. Was that all you have to say? <laughs> well, okay. So, so black is is not a favorite of mine. Um, I said a little earlier, color is all about the reflection of light, mm -hmm. and and black is a light. Black absorbs light. So, whereas white reflects it, um, makes it look brighter. Black absorbs it and makes it look like a cave looks like a dungeon if overdone if overdone right okay. accents accents are one thing all black is quite another i don't know what designer got the idea that they should paint the walls black with black cabinets and black countertop 
uh, I've seen pictures, which I can hardly make out because you can't see anything in there. And then you see maybe the faucet that's a polished chrome, and you go, okay, there's the sink, but you have no idea where anything else is. I say stay away from black. It shows everything. Use it as an accent, whether it's in your living room, your kitchen, your bathroom. Black is a great accent piece, and I am a proponent of black. I, I use a lot of black in my wardrobe, and therefore my house reflects that as well. And the same um, with the color they call espresso, the real dark brown. Yeah. It's, it's practically the same thing. It shows every little nick, every little dent, um, every smudge, even fingerprints. Uh, so, yeah. so you need a lot of light in a, in a dark – if you're going to have black cabinets, you need a lot of natural light or mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of overhead light to, to really pull it off. Right, right. You know, you said the espresso uh, appliances. I think that came and went. I'm not seeing that anymore. No, I, I, I'm sorry. If I said appliances, I misspoke. No, I no, meant... but I'm talking appliances. Oh, okay. Um, as the manufacturer came out with that as a change from stainless. You know, the white cabinets will always be in. I think stainless will always be in. I don't think it's going anywhere. They've tried black stainless steel, espresso. Of course, the days of the avocado and the gold, we know what happened there. <laughs> and burnt orange. Right. Well, and there's a company that has 500 colors to offer on their appliances. Right. Think about this, folks. If you're going to spend a lot of money on appliances and you think, now oh, for a change, I would like orange. <laughs> You really have to love orange because in four years, three years, you're going to go, what was I thinking? Now, there again, if you really like orange, go with one appliance in that color, probably the range. Make that your focal point, but don't overdo again, you know, and that's the that's the takeaway on this podcast. Don't overdo. You know, we'll go along with what you like, but uh, too much of a good thing is too much. A little leopard goes a long way. Yes. I've seen people dressed from head to toe in leopard, and you go, okay, put that woman in a cage. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, Well, we didn't talk about a couple of things that we have on our list where we're going to have to do another podcast. Okay. Um, But going back to the appliances, uh, like I said, stainless will always be in. And I think paneled appliances are a good choice as well. Do you do a lot of appliances with panels? And of course we can't do it on the oven, but the refrigerator you can. No, very, I see very little of that having come from the East coast. Wow. Um, so you, I see that in the appliance catalogs, but if you, if you look at uh, cabinetry catalogs, I don't, I don't see it. I see it very seldom. Um, I'm just, sorry, where have you been hanging out? I, I do a lot of um, panel-covered appliances with refrigerators and dishwashers, maybe warming drawers, and uh, I think that's about it. Oh, Yeah, um, so I, I've discovered that that's, that's more popular here. Yeah. But where I've been hanging out is on the East Coast, and you just don't see it. Um, and, and again, look at the, look at the cabinetry catalogs. I, I don't see it in the catalogs. Well, if you go on my website, you'll see it. 
<laughs> nancyhugo.com. Uh, well, actually, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, it's your kitchen. If you want to have your appliances camouflaged, then you put panels on them. If you want to have them accent the kitchen, then you use the stainless steel or the orange or whatever color you want. Right, right. Totally up to the homeowner. Well, I think we've covered just about everything that we have on the list, right, Jay? Can you? I believe so. Um, no, no, I think, I think that's been a good conversation. I think so too. And I think people will take a lot from this, hopefully if they're remodeling again, I will remind you not to do anything without a professional, at least consult with one for the minimum number of hours and get their feedback, uh, their opinion, their professional opinion. Uh, don't just jump in. Don't look at HGTV. They don't know you. And, uh, <laughs> The other thing that they push is it's impossible to do a kitchen remodel in one week. And they're always pushing the idea that, wow, you can do this for practically nothing. And that's not true. So always go to the professional. Correct. And let me just say one thing about the the D. The DIY channels and the HGTV channels that that. A lot of those shows have originated in Canada, and that was a big. There are a couple of production companies that are big providers of of that for HGTV out of Toronto, and so it's very it's very skewed. And then they replay those for four and five and six years after the original production. So a lot of those a lot of those conversations have come and gone already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make it easier. And I can't tell you how many times a client will say, well, I saw this on HGTV. I saw this on TV. And, and you know, it. matter of fact, I watched one segment that kind of turned me off. They said, yeah, you can, for $100, you can get a granite countertop for your bathroom. Uh, where? Not, yeah, where? I have no idea. It doesn't exist. So people are given wrong information. But we're not going to talk anymore about HETV. They have their own problems. That's right. And thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Did you? I did. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, if you're listening, be sure to subscribe and you can comment on one of the many platforms that I'm on. So whatever one you're using to listen to these podcasts and subscribe, and then you don't have to wonder if I did another podcast. I do them every week and I publish every Wednesday. Don't forget to share them with your friends. Don't keep all this information a secret. This is a good topic of conversation when you're getting together at lunch with your friends now that you can get out of the house. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Jay, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. I also want to give uh, one little commercial to my other podcast, Hugo Floss. Hugo Floss is a podcast that is published every Monday, and I do it with my nerdy son. So we talk about everything except design. So if you want to listen to uh, what's happening in the world of technology or what's happening in Vegas or even the pandemic because this kid is really nerdy. Uh, the other thing is I used to write a podcast. I mean, I'm sorry. I used to write a blog 
and complain about everything. Well, I stopped doing that because I transferred my bitchiness over to Hugo Floss. And I will complain about things that people want to complain about, but they really don't have, I don't know why they don't, maybe they don't have anybody to complain to, but I never run out of things to complain about. And I like to talk, as you can tell. So Jay, have a good week. And everybody out there, stay safe and have a great day. Thank you, Nancy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jay.